goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. And what a day. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. It is Tuesday, that means Mark Stein will be along with us. You already know the big story of the day. And anybody that has been watching the coverage of this, I don't know, it just made me so angry at one point that I just... It's hard to even describe the the level of anger at watching this political move play out. But we'll wait. I'm going to talk about the persecution of Donald Trump with Mark Stein. I don't want a few other headlines to get lost today in the time that we have together. I'm going to get right to them. Many of you have seen the picture that emerged from the White House Pride celebration with a uh, topless trans activist bearing the breast in front of the White House. There were so many, uh, I guess, comments on social media and elsewhere about the tremendous disrespect that it showed the White House that they finally, mid-afternoon, issued a statement. They said that this behavior is inappropriate and disrespectful for any event at the White House. No kidding. It is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate LGBTQI plus families. Oh, it certainly is. It is exactly what one can expect. Have you ever watched the the Pride uh, celebration? Have you seen naked men straddled in the street? barely with 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 leather wrapping their genitals with their butts stuck up in the face of young children there were pictures like that over the weekend have you seen the absolute kink on full display at at these celebrations oh it is abs now of course not all celebrations but it is definitely not unusual for these sorts of celebrations. Anyway, the White House says it's not reflective of the event or the hundreds of guests who were in attendance. Individuals in the video will not be invited to future. Oh, big deal. Well, after they said this, the person, Rose Montoya, who had taken a picture with Biden that's all over the place, She said, I fully support the movement and freeing the nipple. My trans-masculine friends were showing off their top surgery scars and living in joy. 
and I wanted to join them. And because it is perfectly within the law of Washington, D.C., I decided to join them and cover my nipples just to play it safe. I had zero intention of trying to be vulgar or profane in any way. I was simply living my joy. I was living my joy and my truth and existing in my body. Well, I'm not going to say what I'd like to say. In a related story, the U.S. Embassy to the Holy See, the U.S. Embassy to the Vatican, the U.S. Embassy to the State, the Vatican State, flies its pride flag in Rome. United States diplomatic mission to the Holy... Okay, so here is, let me, just, let me just translate this. For those of you devout Catholics, your United States embassy just gave you the finger. And it gave the Pope the finger. And it gave the Catholic Church the finger. Because this whole religion of sexuality is much more important than any, what, display of modesty? We shouldn't maybe do that, you know, we, we are representing the United States of America at a religious state. Anyway, the United States diplomatic mission to the Holy See celebrated the begin, beginning of Pride Month by hanging the pride flag on the facade of its headquarters in Rome. And, of course, nobody from the Joe Biden administration will care. Other news. New York. Transgender guidance suggests that teachers keep students' transitions private. This is in the Daily BS today. Let me just break down this story quite simply for you. New York State's Department, Education Department, is suggesting that parents not be informed if they want to do their gender indoctrination with kids and if kids come to them with this business that they want to be trans, just never mind the parents. You know, after all, the parents can't be trusted. There are some cases that parents are horrible people. They shouldn't know what their kids are doing. Let's just keep it between the school officials and the kids. And that is now policy for New York State under Governor Kathy. Hochul. In other news, Senator Grassley has done a magnificent thing. Senator Grassley has come forward on the floor of the Senate. Let it be known that there are perhaps 17 audio recordings of conversations with members of the Biden family, 15 calls with Hunter Biden, two calls with then Vice President Biden. This is regarding Barisma and the money that Burisma has placed in the hands of the Biden family. We shall see if this gets any attention from the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland, whose sole occupation is to try to take Donald Trump out and make sure that they not only stop him from getting back in the White House, but hopefully 
under the DOJ, they can put him in jail for the rest of his natural life. Other news. Eight in ten Democrat primary voters want Joe Biden to debate. Hey, eight in ten Democrat primary voters, KMA. Figure that out. Says the Democrat Party. It ain't going to happen. Joe Biden is not going to debate Robert Kennedy. Ha, wait for that. Other news, New York, nobody's happy with the $18 delivery worker minimum wage. Minimum wage for delivery workers, 18 bucks an hour. Nobody's happy. The pro-delivery people, I guess, who's not? pro-delivery. Everybody wants stuff delivered. But the activists say that's not nearly enough. 18 bucks an hour? Forget about it. We can't make a living on that. Meanwhile, the businesses that actually have to pay it, what do you mean? You're trying to drive us out of business. (sighs) Mayor Adams has announced a new teacher's contract so that they can hide everything that they can hide about your child from you and get paid well by doing it. That's a quick recap of other, some of the other news of the day. A very quick recap when we come back. America's undocumented anchorman. I cannot wait to hear his take on two things. Number one, the number one thing, and we may not do these in order. Two things. Donald Trump, now arrested a second time, indicted by Joe Biden's Department of Justice, or the Department of Injustice would be more like it. The second thing I would like to ask Mark Stein about is Canada's attack on the United States with wildfires. We'll be back. James Golden, (laughs) both snurdly, WABC Talk Radio 77. Don't go away. He's always mistakenly British. Tea crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Mark Stein. I've got a story in front of me, ladies and gentlemen. CNN is looking for a new leader. David Zaslav, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, is trying to find somebody, somebody with news experience, somebody that understands how to run a big shop to come in and take over CNN. I am writing a letter to David Zaslav this afternoon. I've got the perfect candidate. He is a guy that has not only proven that he knows the news, he's an international news figure. He knows news throughout the Commonwealth, through America. He is brilliant. He's a writer. He's TV, radio, stage, stars, everything you could want for a boss to run CNN. And he's with us right now, Mark Stein. Hello, Mark. How are you? Um, I love that. I uh, I think the last time I was a program director of any kind, I was filling in for 
my boss who was on leave and I did it for a uh, radio station in Ontario that I think had something like 4,000 listeners. And I did it, I did it brilliantly. And I reckon I could run CNN in my sleep better than the guys who've been running it into the ground these last few years. So I'm with you. I, I actually had, a, I should probably shouldn't say this, uh, but I, I was, uh, I had a meeting with Suzanne Scott at Fox News, the chief exec at Fox News a few years ago. Oh. And, uh, and we were just chit chatting. And I said, you know something? Uh, Harris Faulkner's pretty good. You should give her a show. And you know what? Like 11 p.m. at night, it's too early to go back into reruns of whatever you were doing at 8 o'clock. You should be live at 11 p.m. Uh, why don't you give Shannon Bream a show? And, uh, uh, and there were a couple of other things. And I left the, I left the room. And within uh, about two or three weeks, uh, Fox News had introduced all my – I could do that. I could run CNN in my sleep. I, I, yeah. I, don't make, I don't make confident boasts. I'm not the kind of person uh, who says I'm as great a transsexual as Rose Montoyo or anything. I don't make idle boasts, but running CNN, that I could do. And you would actually be living your joy in your own body. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, whenever I uh, – joy isn't the word that comes to mind when I confront my own body, but I'm glad that Rose Montoyo feels that way about uh, that uh, particular body. All right, we have the serious thing that happened today that is I am just so angry about it, Mark. I cannot believe it. But before we get that, I just want an answer. You don't have to, you know, whatever. Why did you people attack America with your forest fires? Because what was you turned New York orange? You yeah. people, <laughs> you did it. Yeah, and if and if you're gonna and if you're gonna complain about it, we're gonna do it again tomorrow. Look, uh, just to tie together the two big stories, Trump and these <laughs> orange clouds over the eastern seaboard. Uh, a couple of years ago, you may recall Trump had a very testy phone call with Justin Trudeau, uh, and, and at one point Trump said to Trudeau, uh, hey, aren't you the guys who burned down the White House? And that's true. Uh, it's a reference to the War the, of uh, 1812. 1812, yes. And uh, that was two centuries ago. Uh, we burned down the White House. Now, 200 years later, we're burning down your whole damn country. How do you like, <laughs> how do you like that, Snurdly? Uh <laughs> I mean, what I found interesting about that, I mean, while you guys were all wasting your time with the Chinese spy balloon zigzagging all over the country, you never noticed the big orange cloud hanging over the Empire State Building. And the funny thing, the funny thing about these clouds, because I think they had some uh, horse race up in Toronto over the weekend, and if you actually Google that on the internet, you'll see that the clouds there are perfect white scenic fluffy clouds they only turn orange and toxic as they cross the niagara river and uh head down to new york city so that'll that's gonna that'll teach you you know it's always the things you don't prepare for while you're wasting time with cruise missiles and tanks the really clever guys are figuring out how to weaponize clouds and justin's ahead of anybody on that well, there you go. Now, today, this is a disgrace. It was an, it's an utter disgrace and an outrage that Donald Trump would be arrested again 
this time forced to go to Miami, the courthouse there, mm-hmm. plead 37 charges in what is obviously weaponized charges from the Department of Justice. The prosecutor had the audacity to claim that there is one law in the United States and that Mr. Trump had violated our one law and he has to be dealt with. Uh, and then, of course, you have the reaction from Republicans. Chris Christie is out saying he doesn't believe the DOJ's been weaponized under Biden. Mm-hmm. If he gets in office, don't worry, Christopher Ray, your job is safe. The only thing Trump wants to do is settle scores. Um, you have others on the other side, Mike Walsh uh, saying, Representative, that this is this dual treatment is a devastating erosion of trust. You've had other Republicans indicating they're going to put a hold on every single Justice Department nominee from this point. Uh, Ken Buck out in Colorado, he's not going to support a convicted felon for the White House. Paul Ryan raised his hand and said, oh, you know, this disqualifies Donald Trump from being elected. Those are just a smattering of some of the statements that are being made. But this idea that Donald Trump is now arrested, had to plead not guilty, faces what would be a life imprisonment term to the max on these charges. He'd never get out of jail. Mm. I've talked enough. Your take on all of this. Well, let me let me put it in as basic. I mean, first of all, the 37 counts is a characteristic federal quote unquote justice crock, because what it means is that the jury will acquit you on 36 of the 37 counts. But the 37th will be enough to ruin your life, destroy your life, ensure you die in prison. Just to back up from that point, the reason why we have self-government and its attendant features such as secret ballots and freedom of speech and all the rest of it, is to endear the losing side in political struggles to the fairness of the system. Okay, you supposedly lost the election, but don't worry, it was a fair election. And in two, three, four, five years' time, there'll be another election, and you'll have a fair shot at winning. When you have the uh, head of government, and I know, you know, I don't want to compare Biden to a Latin American strongman, because he's the weakest strongman that anybody ever came up with. But when you have the head of government, uh, the governing party, uh, arresting the opposition leader and dragging him into court, then you're actually playing with fire. You're jeopardizing everything. You risk the whole, uh, the, the whole basis on which self-governing societies govern themselves. You risk the whole thing unraveling. Now, here's the other thing that I despise, utterly despise about federal so-called justice. When he said, there's one law for everyone. There's only one law. There's one law and it applies to Trump. And it applies to Mrs. Clinton, and it applies to the Biden crime syndicate. It's one law for all. There actually isn't any law here. What has happened is there's a dispute between a uh, a former president and the federal librarians, right, over some documents. There's a dispute. That actually should be a civil dispute. You want to take it into court? It's, you know, whatever it's called, the Department of Federal Archives versus Donald J. Trump. The decision to turn it into a crime 
with penalties of a hundred years is made by a horribly politicized Department of Justice. And when you've got a corrupt, as this country now has, you've got a corrupt Department of Justice, you've got a corrupt National Police Agency in the FBI, you've got a corrupt Revenue Agency in the IRS, you don't really need anything else. You're way past Banana Republic territory, and and you are deep into uh, a one-party state hellhole territory. Do you believe that... Well, let me just ask you to look into the crystal ball here. Some of these, as you read through some of these charges, if, if they look very serious. I mean, okay, we do know there were documents. Yes, they were at Mar-a-Lago. Yes, some of them were stored uh, in places that one would not expect documents to be stored. Okay, all of that is true. And it is also true that Hillary Clinton, although she's not in, in, was in any danger, to me did far worse than this. Although the AP ran a story saying, hey, you can't compare the two. Hillary only had a server. And she did that for her convenience because she didn't want to, you know, inconvenience the state by actually using mm. the government's email server. And, and also, okay, you look at this. Some of this, if you look at the indictment, and just re sounds like it is really serious stuff. Oh, my goodness. Trump endangered people, they're saying. He endangered the military. He endangered. Mark, did he really endanger people with these records being in Mar-a-Lago? No, of course not. That That's completely stupid. Everybody has uh, these takes these records with them. Uh, the only difference between, say, Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Donald J. Trump is that Donald J. Trump is an actual president, so that uh, if he takes stuff home, he's actually in a position to declassify it himself. Uh, Hillary and Joe Biden as vice president were not, uh, did not have the executive authority to declassify their own stuff. I do believe that Hillary's stuff was far more serious. I believe, for example, in Benghazi. I find it interesting that the guys who killed the U.S. ambassador in Benghazi uh, appeared to know his movements in advance. Uh, so that leads me to believe that basically every intelligence service on Earth was, uh, was, was following Hillary Clinton's emails. Now, this isn't true. There's far too much that's classified, it, uh, and this is all just hocus-pocus anyway. But what's serious about is the, Demo the Democrats are ratcheting this up each time. Oh, we're going to charge Trump with this. Oh, and he might, you know, he might have to pay a fine and he might get a suspended sentence. Oh, now we're charging him with something that sounds far more serious. So again, we might do a deal where he agrees to plead and he doesn't have to go to jail. I don't believe any of that. I think they're serious about teaching uh, half the country a lesson by putting Trump in jail until he dies in jail. And anybody who's attracted the attention of the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt Federal Department of Justice knows that they win 97% uh, of their cases without going to trial. Uh, when they do go to trial, they basically buy up all the witnesses they need, the second, third, fourth guys down the chain, uh, leaning on them to rat out the boss. 
uh, and that your odds of beating that system, no matter who you are, and I know this from friends like Conrad uh, Black, who you know, great newspaper proprietor, uh, wound up in federal. He, he at first thought he had a civil dispute, a boardroom dispute. He ended up in federal prison uh, in Miami uh, because when they embark on this process, they're serious. They want to put you in jail and, if, uh, and preferably have you die in jail. Mark, I tell you, this is going to, uh, I don't know, what do you think this is going to do for the body electorate out there? Do you think the proper response of the Republican Party is to pay back like kind with like kind every single instance that they can use the court and weaponize the courts to go after their political opponents? If they do nothing, don't Republicans stand a chance as a party of seeing their own party sunk into oblivion? and having their own base turn against them. Well, you quoted Chris Christie just now. Chris Christie says he doesn't buy this weaponization of the Justice Department, even though it's not just the treatment of... The Biden family is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Politburo. But that doesn't matter. They're going after Trump. Likewise, it doesn't matter if Antifa or Black Lives Matter loot and burn every American city. It's guys wandering around in the uh, lobby of Congress on January the 6th who get to uh, their lives destroyed and get to go to jail and sit in solitary confinement. So why he is defending a one-sided justice system with no equality before the law, what they're telling you is uh, there's going to be a two-party system. There'll be one party that does what it wants, and then there'll be a, a, a token opposition of court eunuchs like Chris Christie uh, just playing along but never getting out of line or offering a real choice. That's the two-party system today. I need a break. I need a vacation. And I'm going. It's drawing near Mark Stein. Mark Stein <laughs> takes to the high seas to yeah. at least have a good time. <laughs> Time's running out. Can people still uh, join us? I'm going to be there on the cruise this in yeah. July. It's yeah, coming it's, up. It's next month. You and me and Michelle Bachman and a whole host of other great guests out on the Adriatic and uh, getting a break from Chris Christie and Paul Riot and the like. Uh, we're swinging, starting in Italy, swinging by Croatia, Montenegro, onto the Greek islands, and uh, certain. Uh, rather agreeable uh, cabins have sold out, but uh, we're, we're opening up some other spaces and we look forward to, uh, especially to New Yorkers being on board. We've scheduled, I had a word with Justin, we've scheduled toxic orange clouds uh, over the city <laughs> for that week, so you won't want to be in town. You, you, it's much safer <laughs> to be on the Adriatic because uh, for the moment, it, it, Justin's crude technology <laughs> Can't send the cloud over to the Adriatic, just over uh, to the Statue of Liberty and Central Park. So get out of town and come join us on the cruise. Mark Stein Cruises. You can also go to Mark Stein online. That's S-T-E-Y-N. Mark, always a pleasure. And we'll be speaking with you soon, my friend. Thanks a lot, James. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden Snurdy with you. Coming back. Your call's Big part of the show today, if you're on hold, stay on hold. Don't go away.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Alanis Morissette brings us back on WABC. This day, 1995, Alanis Morissette released the studio album Jagged Little Pill. That's where this one's from. And also, You Learn was the one of the other singles. Another one of the singles from Alanis Morissette. You know what this album did? Made Alanis Morissette the first female Canadian artist to score a U.S. number one album. 1995, Alanis Morissette. On WABC, we're going to head to the telephones, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with Frankie in New Jersey. Frankie. Thank you for waiting. How are you, Frankie? Good, good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Nothing but respect. Um, thank you. So, I mean, after all of this is said and done, if he is elected, if Trump is elected, he can pardon himself. Frankie, you are one. Diego's looking like what? Can yes, that be Diego. Done? Yes, yes. This caller is 100%. Absolutely right. Frankie has nailed it, which I, I fantasized about that earlier today. Because depending on when this trial starts and when it concludes, he may be president. And immediately upon a guilty verdict, he can just say, okay, I pardon myself. And that's that. It's done. It's gone. And of course, I, what would happen, be there a conviction, if Donald Trump is president and, pardon him, and pardons himself, I guarantee you, you would see a sudden flip in the anger level of this country. Right now, most Republicans, except for the rhinos, who are doing backflips, who are living the joy inside themselves right now, and living the joy of being in their own bodies right now, watching this. Except for the rhinos, most Republicans, most conservatives are absolutely livid. If this scenario took place that Frankie from New Jersey describes, that Donald Trump 
is elected president is simultaneously or convicted and then decides, okay, I'm going to pardon myself and issues a pardon, you would find the anger on the left reach heights that we haven't seen before in our lifetime. These leftist activists would be in the street again, doing what they love to do, burning, looting, pillaging. They wouldn't be able to handle it. But what Frankie, ladies and gentlemen, has said is absolutely correct. Under the Constitution of the United States, the president is vested with the power to pardon whoever he chooses or she, including him or herself. Yes. Judith in Brooklyn, New York. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Judith? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. It's an outrageous day today, but we've got to hang in there and uh, keep the faith. You know, I'm calling you because I've been listening to Andy McCarthy and Judge Napoleon, um, Talitano and Napolitano and Alan. Yeah, yeah, right. And Arthur Idella and uh, Alan Dershowitz, on and on. But you know what? I really wish, Bo, that you would get this guy on. His name is Cash Patel. He has been a prosecutor as well as a defense litigator. He knows both sides. He knows the Constitution forwards and backwards. I got news for you. He just came out with a book called, I think, Government Gangsters, okay? And he basically, I heard him, he basically took this indictment. He punched legal holes in it, not just like pie in the sky. He was making so much fun of it and saying how legally there are so many wrong things with this indictment that it's really ridiculous. So um, he also also mentioned there are some bad actors connected to Jack Smith right now. Some woman over there, I didn't catch her name. She was like some rogue or something, and they threw her off and uh, got rid of her, and now she's back. She's back to make trouble. But I really wish that you would um, get a hold of Cash Patel and get his take on it because it's a little different than all the others, and I think it's it's just fabulous, fabulous. And I know really Cash. Uh, yeah, I'm very I'm familiar with Cash Patel, and you're, he does amazing work, and he would be. All of the people that you mentioned, well, some of the people that you mentioned, Andrew McCarthy hasn't been on the show in over a year. I'd love, to, I'd love to have Andy McCarthy on. I'd love to have Jonathan Turley on, another great constitutional lawyer. And, of course, Cash Patel. So we, we'll see what we can do in coming days. Now, to the issue that you just raised, Congressman Matt Getz out of Florida issued a letter to U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland, and he wants information on who Jack Smith has on his team. He wants the names of everybody. He said in the letter that Jack Smith's past work is both highly irregular and of extraordinary public concern, how his office is structured, and he wants by July 7th Garland to cough up all of the rosters, phone lists, or similar records within the custody or control of the Department of Justice of every single employee that is on this Sindano Trump to jail 
team. The person that you're talking about is named Karen Gilbert. She resigned from her position as the head of the narcotics section of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District after alleged misconduct back in 2009. They also, federal records show, the Federal Election Commission shows that Ms. Gilbert has donated over $2,000 to the former campaigns of President Biden and former President Barack Obama. And now she's on this team to try to toss Donald Trump in jail. So Matt Getz is demanding that they turn over records of everybody connected with this. Judith, thank you so much for the call. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're going to take more of your calls. We're coming back. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the most incredible voices of the 1980s, Whitney Houston, on this date started a six-week run at number one on the UK album charts. Her second album was released, Whitney. Now this record, this album, Whitney, four singles that went number one. I Want to Dance with Somebody, Didn't We Almost Have It All, So Emotional, and Where the Broken Hearts Go. All of them reached number one. That made Whitney the first female artist ever to achieve that. Musical feat. The incredible Whitney Houston on WABC Talk Radio 77. Bill in Rahway, New Jersey. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you, Bill? Good, Bo. Can you hear me? Hear you just fine, my friend. Okay, listen, I, I don't know if you've seen it. Trump made a, a stop uh, on his way to the airport. He stopped at a Cuban restaurant. It was great. I couldn't believe it. It, it. it made me feel like the day he got elected. Well, I you know, wanted- if you saw the pre-coverage, you saw, and, and by the way, I will not mention the network that cut away abruptly from, cut away when one of his lawyers came out and actually started speaking and started talking about Hillary Clinton. It was just like, swoop, you're done. We're not putting this on our network. And, and they went to something else. Now, um, if you saw the pre-coverage, you saw a huge following of, well, huge. Look, the hype from the news media, and remember this, this was just yesterday. There were stories running that 
oh, there might be 50,000 people out there. I didn't believe that. I never believed it. There was hype that, oh, law enforcement so worried this might turn violent. Oh, no, you know how those Trump people are. They're violent. They're insurrectionists. And believe that either. Instead, what we saw were different groups of activists. We saw a lot of pro-Trump sentiment out in the streets. We saw Latinos for Trump. And they were there was one guy. Oh, it was, it was, ah, can't make fun of people, so I'm not going to. Some guy came and tried to hijack one of the mics of, of the Latino for Trump. He, this guy was with a bullhorn. And this guy came over and started singing God Bless America, and he was so off-key, it was painful. It was so painful. And, and the guy just was like, thank you. Now, please leave us alone. <laughs> but, it was, but it was all good. I mean, they were all out there, pro-Trump, Latinos for Trump, blacks for Trump, this for Trump, that for Trump, and they were peaceful. There weren't any insurrectionists there. These are normal people that came out in support of their guy, Donald Trump. And all these stories, the Secret Service, the Department of Justice, the the U.S. Marshals, local police, they had more cops out there, it looks like, than they had uh, activists, almost. And they were in their riot gear, in the sweltering 90-degree heat. And it was, of course, a peaceful demonstration. (sighs) Amazing. Let us go to Roberta in Staten Island. Roberta, how are you? Welcome. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Hi. Thank you. I saw Whitney Houston's movie about four times. I love her. I love the shit. Anyway, I want to mention about Mike Mike Pence. He made a statement recently that it would have been against the Constitution if he helped Donald Trump with the uh, straighten out the the, uh, the election, you know, with the results, and Mark Levin said uh, that's not true. He um, that uh, it, it doesn't go against the Constitution. So you should have him on as a guest, also. As, well, uh, we intend to have Vice President Pence on, and, and you know, Mark Levin is a dear friend of mine. And yes, we intend to have Vice. We intend to have all of the presidential candidates. We are working to try to have for you, ladies and gentlemen, in this audience, not just Republicans. We want the Democrats, too. We want to hear from everybody that's running, including the ones that the media want to ignore. And, Vice President, uh, you know, look, I, I know, and there's a lot of, I, I, well, I can't tell you the amount of vitriol that Mike Pence takes from people that are Trump supporters. On social media, they call him a traitor. They call him all sorts of horrible names. Some of them. And Mike Pence, and I will just say this about this issue. The Constitution is not so black and white that there are not disagreements. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have a Supreme Court. When people differ on the interpretation of the United States Constitution, that is where they go. And so it can be equally true 
that Mike Pence believes he was acting within the scope of the United States Constitution. Mike Pence, you say what you want to about Mike Pence, but Mike Pence is an honest man. And let us remember this about Mike Pence. During all of the years that he was with President Trump, he never, during those years, uh, let's move January 6th aside, put January 6th in its own bucket for the sake of what I'm saying right now. And only for that sake. I realize to many of you, it doesn't matter except for January 6th. But let's put January 6th aside for one moment. You name me one time when Mike Pence threw Donald Trump under the bus. And Donald Trump had people stabbing him in the political back from Paul Ryan to Mitch McConnell to some of these people in the White House who were actively leaking and trying to undermine his presidency. Mike Pence didn't do any of that. And what Mike Pence is saying is that I had a fundamental disagreement. And I'm willing to give Mike Pence the benefit of the doubt that Mike Pence is not a liar. This is what he thinks. Now, there are a whole lot of people, like my good friend, Mark Levin, who think otherwise. And there is room to have two people with very different views. And both of them believe, in all honesty, that they are correct. But look at Mike Pence in the total picture, not just from January 6th. What a day. This is a historic, ugly day for justice in America. The good news is that it's not the last day. More to days to come. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your family and loved ones. I have love and gratitude for you being here every day. God willing, we're here tomorrow at 4 for Boston Early's Rush Hour. See you then. Bye.